that defensive line just showed their true dominance and, and their tenacity that could really be a game changer. And I think that's something that Florida State is going to be able to utilize all throughout the season if, if they're able to stay healthy there. And two, I don't think Fabo's fully at 100% either. That's a guy that will continue to monitor going throughout the season and getting more plays. I think he played right, around 20 snaps. Yep. Was it BZ? Yep, right at 20. Mm-hmm. Yep, so we saw a ton of farmers. So once Fabo kind of gets clicking there as well inside the trenches – you know, it becomes a monster. And then you also, too, Dustin, you and I were in the press box. Daniel Lyons with a big play as well on Sunday evening. Uh, someone that isn't talked about a whole ton, but has shown some signs of growth as well, too. And they're going to look for him to be a big part in that defensive t- uh, tackle rim going into 2024. So uh, just some building guys and some some depth there that you can work with. But I, I just love seeing, you know, Briggs, a guy that's been around the program for such a long while, be able to make some plays. And, you know, he deserves it. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Fleckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, bro? man? I could, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by NoGamey.com. We are here live on a wonderful, fantastic Wednesday evening, and the Florida State Seminoles are now ranked number four in the country after obliterating the LSU Tigers with true dominance on Sunday night, Labor Day weekend, and Brian Kelly having some interesting remarks after the game having some questions about his own team, his own players, his coaches. Seems like Mike Norvell uh, got into their heads quite a bit during that game and afterward. But we'll be discussing a little bit more of that Florida State versus LSU game, given our last thoughts there. We'll talk about who flashed offensively and defensively to us. And then also we'll talk about the up these latest rankings on the AP poll. We'll talk observations from practices this week we'll talk a little bit of the ACC and what's going on there after Duke had a big time upset at home against Dabo Sweeney and the Tigers and then we'll finish off the show with a short kind of Southern Miss game preview and we'll jump into our score predictions to finish this off as always you can listen to this podcast on iTunes Google Play Spotify if you're on YouTube right now feel free to hit that like button make sure you're commenting if you have any topics or questions you guys would like to us to discuss it would be greatly appreciated. Go ahead and jump in there. And also make sure you subscribe on whichever audio platform that you use. So then you get notified every time we release a new episode. With me this evening is Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer at Noel Game Day. And our lead game preview guy this season, worth noting as well. So he can yeah. do both. And then Dustin Lewis, our editor-in-chief at NoelGameDay.com, who stayed up till 6.30 a.m. on Monday morning after the game to make sure you guys were fulfilled with content. Gentlemen, we're here. It's fun to do these shows when Florida State's at this caliber of a program. I'm, I'm excited to be on here with you guys this evening. It's been a long couple of days, but, I mean, a, a pretty good couple of days if you're a Florida State fan. I mean, going all the way back to Sunday night with the celebrations in Orlando and then – Having the AP poll drop yesterday, you know, it's an exciting time to uh, be a Seminole fan. You know, like you said, Logan, this is somewhere that the program hasn't been in quite a long time. And it's still the very beginning of the season, though. So they've got a long way to go from here. And I mean, really, you know, you've just got to take it week by week and not get caught up in the hype. It's a lot easier to put in the extra work when it's the number four team in the country, not a three and six team like they were just three years ago. Yeah, we were talking about it in the production meeting, VZ. You know, we've come a long way to this. And I think it's worth noting, too, from Dustin saying, you know, you don't want to just hold on to that hype there and lose it. And you just kind of overthink yourself on a few things. That's what this team could easily do. So it's going to come down to coaching here. And most certainly Mike Norvell, your biggest leader there, 
making sure you're dialed in and focused. And I thought it was good hearing that from the locker room speech afterwards, Magnavell pressing hard on these guys saying, Hey, let's make sure that we go. You might, you might have an off day tomorrow, but you're going to make sure you go and do all your training stuff, go and get, get your rehab done. So then you're ready for practices upcoming week, because it is a short week. It feels like Florida state just played and now we're previewing the next game. That's what happens when you play on a Sunday night and you're playing a Southern Miss team too, who would love to wreck and, and, and make some kind of upset here. But, you know, with Mike Norvell, I think a lot of things have been changed on making sure everyone's focused, but that's the, that's the, that's the part of it. Now, every team, when you're highly ranked like this, they want to come for your throat and make sure that they do it on national television. And so then they can get their program out in front of everybody. So this team's got to stay dialed in and they can't just ride off of the wave that they came off of on Sunday night. You were going to get everyone's best at this point. I mean, from now to, the remainder of the season. And I mean, frankly, we all remember the last time that Florida state played on the Labor Day Sunday and then had a game six days later. Um, they were upset in Doe Campbell stadium by a huge underdog, an FCS team in Jacksonville state. So, I mean, I'm sure Mike Norbell is reminding his club that, I mean, just two years ago, look at the position you were in and, you know, it's good to be where you are right now. One and know, but you've still got to go take care of business. And it's a little bit tougher when you've got one less day to prepare but, I mean, in the same vein, you know, Mike Norvell is someone that never overlooks any opportunity. And, I mean, he even said yesterday during his press conference, this is a game that Florida State has been thinking about and preparing for since the summer. So, I mean, they're completely dialed in despite being a huge favorite going into Saturday night. And it's not like Southern Miss is a bad team. They got some talented pieces and they beat Tulane last year. And Tulane was really, really good last year. So, you know, anything can happen. Yeah, no, it most certainly can. And But I, I just going off the bat, we'll go talk about that game here in just a little bit between Florida State and Southern Miss. But I think this team has a lot of maturity had to happen. And, you know, I mm-hmm. think we've seen that growth there, which is a huge, huge importance of not overlooking teams, no matter who they are, no matter who they are in the ACC as well, because Florida State still is going to face some teams that have talent. And, you know, just a given on, on someone's good night, they could bring it all. And, you know, Florida State could be put in a tough spot. So, uh, nonetheless, you know, Magnervell and the coaching staff are going to have to do a good job of making sure the guys are focused. But I wanted to give a last kind of thoughts from each of us on, on this game as we had our instant reaction. If you guys want to go listen to that, you guys can. Uh, we recorded it about an hour uh, after the game, after listening to press conferences. But, uh, you know, VZ, you were saying that in, in the production meeting, you sat down and were able to watch two angles of the game back to back and you watched them through. What kind of stood out to you, maybe a player or two offensively, defensively that you noted down today? I mean, we talked about it Sunday night, but the physicality of the defensive line was just incredible. Braden Fisk, Josh Farmer, uh, even to a point Fabian Lovett, they were just creating so much havoc in the middle of that defense and allowed the linebackers and the safeties to make plays. Um, there, there were so many times where, you know, there was even Fisk getting held early in the game, getting penetration early. They just did such a great job of – blowing up the run game. And if LSU's not getting that run game going, it's really hard for them to get find that consistency, consistency on offense. Um, the other player that I don't think we mentioned at all Sunday night was Greedy Vance. He made he made a couple plays in the first quarter where I was like, this guy's coming to bring it. And the first one was that third down, that first goal line that LSU had. Jaden Daniels' first read was a screen on the right side, wide receiver screen that they're trying to set up. And Greedy Vance pushes his receiver into the play, it blows it up. So Daniels is forced off that read. If he stays there, it becomes open. But instead, he has to throw it to neighbors in the back of the end zone, and it's out of bounds. Then late in the first quarter, he does a phenomenal job on this mesh route. Man coverage all the way across the field, blows up the receiver. It's it's a it's a gain of zero. I, I thought he did such a great job of setting the tone with his physicality, and it kind of spread to the rest of the team. We saw DJ Lundy make plays, obviously. Um, it was just a really physical defense, and it was fun to see. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was huge to see from Greedy. He was someone that we've talked about throughout the preseason as someone that's become more consistent. I mean, just looks a lot more comfortable going into his second year at Florida State. And like you said, Austin, we saw some of that on Sunday night. And just to your point with the defensive line, I mean, man, wherever – it didn't matter if it was the interior, the defensive ends. I mean, FSU absolutely dominated that matchup against LSU's offensive line for the majority of that game. And I feel like that says a lot. It was a lot more even – Last year, I mean, Florida State obviously had some really breakout moments with Jared Burst having that game he did. But the way the difference in physicality that we saw on Sunday night, especially when you started getting into the second half and 
I mean, by the fourth quarter, LSU's offensive line just didn't look like they wanted to even go at it even more. And, you know, for Florida State moving into the rest of your schedule, I don't think there's another offensive line that's better than what they faced on Sunday night. So I'm just wondering what we're going to see over the next couple of weeks if this team keeps uh, living up to its potential each Saturday. Yeah, Verse didn't even have as big of a game as we all thought he might have, and he still had – I think he was still credited with three hurries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not counting on a few of those holds as well, along yeah. with Braden Fist, too, that we were calling those out in the press box. It was hilarious, too, going being able to see the national television also give some shots towards the refs during that game. I mean, it just seemed like they were going after any kind of flag they could, even after the Tatum Bethune hit that he put on on Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels is jumping. He's got the ball in his hand. He's up in the air. It's football. This isn't tennis or golf. You're going to get effing hit. And the ref's still trying to get up in his face. And Tatum, nobody's even, you know, it's so funny. I mean, not funny, but it's just great to see the maturity, too, from this team defensively. Nobody was trying to stir up or cause any problems. They could have easily because LSU's players were going right after Tatum Bethune. But the refs went immediately right into Bethune's face and trying to stir some stuff up and rile everyone up and everything. But first, and uh, the other players just looking around like, what? What's, what's going on here? Tatum just licked the, the defensive or the offensive quarterback, and now they're just getting ready for the next play. But, you know, the refs trying to stir some things up. But definitely some missed calls there between Braden Fisk, uh, Briggs as well, and definitely Verse. But, you know, that that defensive line just showed their true dominance and, and their tenacity that could really be a game changer. And I think that's something that Florida state is going to be able to utilize all throughout the season. If, if they're able to stay healthy there and two, I don't think Fabo's fully at a hundred percent either. That's a guy that will continue to monitor going throughout the season and getting more plays. I think he played around, around 20 snaps. Yep. Was it BZ? Yep. Right at 20. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we saw a ton of farmers. So once Fabo kind of gets clicking there as well inside the trenches, you know, it becomes a monster. And then you also, too, Dustin, you and I were in the press box. Daniel Lyons with the big play as well on Sunday evening. Uh, someone that isn't talked about a whole ton, but has shown some signs of growth as well, too. And they're going to look for him to be a big part in that defensive t- uh, tackle room going into 2024. So uh, just some building guys and some some depth there that you can work with. But I, I just love seeing, you know, Briggs, a guy that's been around the program for such a long while, be able to make some plays. And, you know, he deserves it. Just really impressive. We talked about Florida State going five or six deep in that interior defensive line, and they did it against one of the best teams that they're going to face uh, this season on Sunday night. And, I mean, all five, six of those guys that were contributing throughout the game, they all made impacts at different points. And, you know, it just goes to show how much deeper they ha- how much deeper that unit is than where they were a season ago. And it's going to be a big strength for Florida State's defense to rely on um, throughout the year yeah they put they played six guys and five of them played at least 19 snaps so just really speaks to that depth in the middle of that line spreading the love mm-hmm. speaking of spreading the love too, someone that was getting a lot of love on national attention on national television was also rodney hill who we've been talking about this whole entire offseason but showing his physicality and i think we're going to see quite a bit of him, And I think they're starting to utilize Toa Philly in the right way as well. Obviously having that big play there and Perkins grabbing him right at the goal line. But uh, Florida State's running back room, once Trey Benson can kind of get clicking as well, uh, I just think it's going to be hard to keep Rodney Hill off the field, definitely in this offense where you can navigate a lot of different players. We saw Jaheim Bell to take that sweep and carry it in. It just looks so easy. Um, you know, some that stood out to me, primarily and this was more in the beginning of the game I think some adjustments were made during halftime but blocking and and, um, primarily to the tight ends Morlock Keon Coleman uh, at the wide receiver position to Jaheim Bell too it was really lacking in that first half Mm. and that's what I was mentioning over there to you Dustin you know if if some of these wide receivers if they can continue their block shout out to Hiking Williams another freshman just like Malik McLean whenever he showed up he put on a show and blocking showed his true physicality but Keon, Jaheim, Morlock kind of had an iffy night on that. If they're able to build some consistency there and make sure they could take care of their assignments, this opens up a whole lot of different plays for your guys in the backfield, including also Jordan Travis. Something that's got it that's got to improve. It definitely does. And and that, that's the first game. It's going to happen. You don't have your week week zero game anymore. You don't have that like last year to try to fix these problems but you know going into week two that's something that I do want to see an improvement on 
I'm with you on that. Florida State could definitely use some more consistency blocking-wise out of their skill players. You know, we've talked about uh, the wide receiver position at FSU. And, I mean, to get on the field in Tallahassee, you know, you've got to be a good receiver, but you've also got to be able to block because that's something that they rely on a ton. And there were just times in the first half where it just didn't feel like they were totally engaged uh, with that effort. But then we saw that start to flip in the third and fourth quarter. And, I mean, that's something that – Mike Norvell pushes these guys at practice on every single day. So, you know, I think, you know, it's easy for a guy like Keon Coleman, who's a star, maybe to slack off for a play. Finding that consistency is going to be huge um, moving forward for this team if, if they want to reach uh, their potential. But going to your point on Hakeem Williams, I mean, that was the guy out there on Rodney Hill's run out there uh, getting some space for him and, you know, says a lot about his development because, I mean, he was another one where Florida State had to work to get him involved in that blocking game. And to see him out there on Sunday night, taking advantage of it, showing those improvements on the national stage says a lot about uh, the former five-star. Yeah, to your point about the blocking, especially from the tight ends, I think a lot of it's just, you know, Morlock's not used to, wasn't really used to doing that last year or shorter. And, you know, he's still getting used to what he's supposed to do on these counter plays. I think it got cleaned up a little bit in the second half, like you mentioned, and putting Jaheim Bell in the backfield mm-hmm. kind of just simplified all those blocking assignments. And they, it wasn't like Morlock was having to make a choice between a few players. He could just go and hit somebody. Um, but it, it's going to get cleaned up. It's going to get a little bit easier for these guys when they're playing Southern Miss and Boston College these next couple games instead of playing LSU. Yeah, 100% it will. Uh, but, yeah, here's the run here. Um and you can tell with Ronnie Hill, but look at Hakeem Williams right right here. That's exactly what we saw from Malik McLean. You also got Preston. Sorry to interrupt you. You also got Preston Daniel getting a seal in there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I want to see Deuce here. He might have done some stuff in the slot. Hard no. to tell. Hard to tell from the angle. <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> never mind. I thought he pushed him to the ground, but no, he didn't. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's what's going to keep you on the field in Mike Norvell's offense no matter what. But, yeah, and then, you of course, you've got Rodney Hill here, you know, laying down the hammer, get off me. You know? we, we've been talking about him for over a year at this point, and I, I've always felt confident that when the time came, he'd be able to step into that number three or number two spot for Florida State. And you got to like the couple of flashes you saw on Sunday night. That's just going to keep coming. And I really feel like that performance against LSU kind of sparked a little bit of confidence in Rodney because the last, the last two days of practice uh, – Tuesday and today, I mean, he's been phenomenal. What 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 has stood out to him? I know we'll talk about practice observations, which we might transition into. But what has stood out the most when you're talking about him like that? Just seems so confident out there. I mean, not seconds guessing himself. As soon as the hole's there, bang, he's hitting it and he's gone. And I also just like the way that this running back group in general. You know, after someone takes a rep, they're all coming off to the side and they're all talking with each other about, hey, you could have done this. You could have your eyes could have been here. You could have hit this hole. You know, it's really fun to see that group in action each day at practice with how much they support one another. I want to know who's who this is in the back here with him saying, oh, my goodness. I, I don't think Twitter um, found uh, it yet. It's, that it's, is Xavier, it's, uh, yeah. it's Xavier Rhodes. Is that Xavier back there? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, you're a Viking. Yeah, that does look like Xavier now. That makes sense. Look at Xavier Rhodes' face right here and the baseball cap backwards. <laughs> I don't know if anybody actually caught that on, uh, on no, Twitter. So I, I saw someone tweet it. Did saying, they? Yeah, so someone said, look at Xavier Rhodes. I forget who it was. but oh, That's awesome. That's awesome. A lot of formal knolls, too, and attendance there. Wow. I think Mike Norvell posted on Instagram a whole group of them. Um, you know, whenever Mike Norvell was coming out of the tunnel, even uh, he was dapping up Danny Cannell, former FSU quarterback that did some damage during his time in Tallahassee. So a lot of a lot of greats also, too. I saw on the broadcast seeing Derek Brooks kind of nudging Mike Norvell in the fourth quarter there. And Mike just staying fully focused, keyed in on the game was just really great. And, you know, if Derek Brooks is giving you uh, some support and giving you the nod like that, then that means you're doing something good. But just to see a lot of the alumni hyped up afterward was uh, really, really good to see. And that's something that Mike Norvell has been trying to build and build. But I think Mike Norvell's focus is getting answers done on the field first, and then we'll work on doing all the PR stuff later and building those relationships. And they're showing answers. And a lot of these former Knowles, you saw Jalen Ramsey while we were covering the game. This man was almost live tweeting, taking over my 
taking over my job over here, but Jalen Ramsey fully involved in what was going on on Sunday night. Just really cool to see these Seminole greats showing some love to, to these, this Florida State team. It's easier when the team's good, but, you know, it's it showcasing across the country. But even still, I mean, Mike Norvell has made a big effort to reach out to these guys, you know, a ton of guys that he obviously didn't coach at Florida State, but guys that are seminal greats and did a lot in Garnet and Gold before moving on to the NFL or other ventures. You know, he's done a lot of this and the coaches themselves reaching out, trying to get these guys back on campus. You know, we saw them host the, uh, the Seminole Legacy um, recruiting weekend back in March and there were a lot of guys, including Jameis Winston, who came through, and you had Jermaine Johnson having his All-American brick ceremony there outside of the Moore Center. So, I mean, it's really cool to see how they're not just focused on these guys during the four to five years that they're at Florida State, but, I mean, they're still keeping up with them, you know, once they, they move on to the next step in their respective lives. And like I said, I think it's even cooler that Mike Norvell has made such an effort to reach out to these guys that he didn't necessarily have a relationship with or even coach in Tallahassee. And it's a far cry from where they were three, four years ago, where, you know, some of these former players are complaining about not seeing the, the support from the current coaching staff. They look at that picture that he posted on Instagram. It's Andre Wadsworth, Derek Brooks, Work Dunn, Leroy Butler, Peter Ward, Brian McFadden, obviously Xavier Rhodes. I think I heard Darnell Dockett was at the game. Actually, yeah. These great former players that we really haven't seen on the sidelines for Florida State at this game showing some love. Like, honestly, Xavier Rhodes being on the sideline was kind of a surprise to me. Yeah, no, that was dope. Darnell Dockett being there, I was like, "Where? Who, who got Darnell Dockett to get to the damn game?" I wonder how that happened, but uh, yeah, I wasn't shocked by that. But you know, whole whole ton of former Knowles too. We went by James Coleman's tailgate before the game began, and a lot of former Knowles there as well. I think Peter Work also showed up to there. But um, you know, also shout out to our Hear the Spear listeners all throughout the weekend between the Saturday night. Before kickoff on Sunday, got to meet a lot of y'all downtown and then also game day, you know, super appreciative of y'all listening and giving us some love. And also a lot of y'all coming up saying y'all are in the discord as well. So uh, really, really cool weekend for us. And, you know, it always shocks me that you guys listen to us on a weekly basis. It freaks me out a little bit, but uh, you guys rock and, and super appreciative of y'all hanging out with us every week. Um, any Anything else worth noting from the game? I know we did a full on pre- 30 minute recap instant reaction afterward but i think there's a good comment in here as well and we mentioned it too health wise you know this game from last year a lot of guys were banged up and you know from our guy jen here on youtube uh or lady could be lady or guy i don't know jen let us know in the comments please but it says uh didn't hear about any other players getting injured in this game either which is great um you know we kind of had some question marks there about dimitri emmanuel a little bit there, maybe getting dinged up a, t- a tiny bit. But for the most part, this team came back uh, pretty cleaned up. As you could probably tell, though, at practices this week, Dustin, these guys, it was a physical game nonetheless. And Florida State might have brought the hammer a little bit more. But that's a that's a good squad and not an easy defense to go against or offense. It's going to be a physical game. We were keeping a close eye on things on Sunday night. I think, like you said, the only two guys that we really noted throughout the game that – might have gotten dinged up were Dimitri Emmanuel. And then we also saw Robert Scott get removed pretty early on, switched out for Bless Harris at that left tackle position, and he didn't return as well. But, I mean, Mike Norvell said, I believe, yesterday, you know, Florida State didn't really come out with any major injuries um, from the game. And I think I think this one, they're a lot healthier coming out of it than they were a season ago, which says a lot about the strength and conditioning program they went through this offseason and then also the amount of depth that Florida State has on, on both sides of the ball. It didn't feel like they it didn't feel like they were really having to overstress anyone on Sunday night. You know, like we said with the interior defensive line, you constantly had guys switching in and out. And I mean that was pretty consistent for the majority of positions on both sides of the ball. A lot of guys got reps and that's huge as far as preventing injuries. I honestly think with Robert Scott, I think they just ended up liking the matchup of Bless Harris better. He's a little bit bigger, a little bit more physical. Um, and when you've got a guy like Marquise Wingo on that defensive line who was just insane, his get his get off the line and his and his physicality is second to none. Honestly, it's one of the craziest I've ever seen. So I think they just ended up liking Bless Harris better there. And I think Meech actually came in at left guard a little bit towards the end of the game. Um, just speaking more to that that ability to rotate all these offensive linemen, you know, you think of them as a right guard, they put in Keontae Jones there for a little bit, and then they ended up putting Meech back in at left guard. 
Yeah, I mean, I could have seen seen it being a matchup thing with Robert Scott, but at the same time, I mean, he he did have what appeared to be a noticeable limp on the sidelines throughout the game. But, I mean, he was still engaged throughout, so, I mean, that's probably huge for FSU moving forward. But I think the only thing that I really have left just to kind of close out of LSU talk is just uh, the energy that Florida State is bringing in 2023. It feels a little bit different than the past couple of years. Um, and I mean, I mean that from Mike Norvell all the way to the roster, you know, in that fourth quarter against LSU, after they had scored that touchdown to go up 14, Florida State, they could have gotten conservative when they stopped LSU on that fourth down attempt, or I think they made a punt it back. Either way, whenever they got the ball back, they could have been conservative, tried to run some time off the clock. Instead, they went for the dagger with Jaheim Bell with that uh, long touchdown. And then you come back the next drive, and once again, that was after the fourth down stop, Florida State. Could have got conservative, ran some clock out. Nope, once again, Mike Norvell going down there. You got inside the 10, and I was even thinking, all right, they're going to just run some clock. No, you give it to Jaheim Bell and let him go run somewhat over in the end zone. So just seeing Mike Norvell, I mean, go out there and absolutely bury LSU. I mean, he was out for blood on Sunday night, and – I think that was a true statement of the energy Florida State's trying to bring each week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that handoff, too, was seamless. It was gorgeous. They had practiced that quite a bit, you could tell, uh, during fall camp. That was just looked beautiful. That handoff was from JT over to Jaheim Bell. It worked perfectly. Good note here from in the defensive backfield, Shaheem Brown. Uh, per PFF, saying most coverage snaps played without getting targeted in week one. And it's Shaheem Brown with 38. So worth noting there, a guy that who we think has an extremely high ceiling, uh, did pretty good at protecting uh, downfield on Sunday night against LSU and Jaden Daniels. And, and not just downfield, that, that second uh, fourth down stop for the, for the defense was mainly Shaheem Brown. He stood right in that gap where, where Jaden Daniels was rolling and then Joshua Farmer came in and helped blow it up. He was very good on very Sunday good. night, and no surprise. Uh, you know, I, I did I did project him to be my breakout player of the year for Florida State. So, no surprise. Mm. If, you listen, if you listen to this show, you've heard plenty about Shaheem over the past yeah. couple of weeks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we all start off the season one and zero, one and zero. So that works out well. We'll take that. We most certainly will. We'll see if that continues. I think it should going outside of week two, going to week three. But we'll see. Maybe someone's going to switch it up. I, I don't think so. Uh, no. I don't Watch out. Case if you're Golden Eagles it. coming to town. <laughs> yep. You, you better keep an eye on it. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, there's one more comment on here just talking about national attention. Practically 10 million-plus viewers over – uh, that entire broadcast peaking, I think, at 10-plus million just goes to show branding-wise, biggest game on. I mean, not saying that there was some other bigger games on during the weekend, but still, that's a really, really impressive stat that Florida State can use as some ammo to some of these conferences that may be bidding for their duties in the near future. But, yeah, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of national tension. I think uh, going to the AP poll now, guys, Florida State being ranked number four in the country. I want to note, too, we know two people that had voted for Florida State being number one. That's Brett McMurphy and then also Reese Davis from College Game Day. Don't know who maybe the third person may be, but still. Find it real quick. Yeah, see if you might want to find that. We'll give them their credit. Got to give them their credit where it may be due here, but I'm going to bring up the AP poll for you guys here in a second. But uh, we had kind of all in the instant reaction had thought five around there. And then I kind of started, started hearing all these other national guys like start like Brad also Reese showing some love at one. I'm like, I think Florida State's really going to peak up and get up there to number four guys and went with my gut on uh, Monday before uh, things were released. And then Tuesday, yesterday, Florida State coming out and now being a number four team in the country. What a what a what a turn of events in the last two years for the Seminoles, Mike Norvell. The the other guy was David Jablonski. I, th- I think it's going to be how you pronounce it. Okay. Do we have uh, his outlet? Um, Do we know? It's down there. Got to give a. Uh... Of the Daily Dayton or Dayton Daily News. 
Dayton Daily News. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Florida State actually, worth noting as well, got the second most first place votes behind Georgia. Not close in margin there whatsoever, but uh, Georgia getting 58, Florida State getting three, and then Michigan getting two, Alabama zero. But Florida State moving up four spots, Georgia one, Michigan two, Alabama three, Florida State four, Ohio State number five, USC six, Penn State seven, Washington eight, Tennessee nine, and then Notre Dame ten there. So uh, y'all's thoughts on this? Look at this. I mean, could this be a potential look at a college football playoff right here? I mean, a lot of people projected this to be a lineup uh, during this offseason. It's been a long time since you've seen Florida State up here in these rankings with uh, some of these other prestigious college football programs. You know, it says a lot about the progress that the Seminoles have made over the last couple of years. And like I said, it's only week two. But I mean, if they just continue to take it game by game, week by week, sky is really the limit with this team. If they're able to take down Clemson in two weeks, I mean, this schedule, the final two-thirds of it is extremely favorable for Florida State. So, I mean, it's huge to be in the top five for the first time outside of preseason rankings for the first time since 2016. I think Florida State got up to number three at that point. But got to keep going. As Mike Norvell would say, a long way to climb. Yeah, I'm I'm still a little surprised they went ahead and moved Ohio State down just because, you know, Ohio State did win a, a, a league game on the road to start the season, even if they didn't look that impressive, you know, it's, it's week one, things will get sorted out. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens to these rankings over the next couple of weeks. I think Alabama plays Texas this weekend. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, and, and I believe, yeah, Clemson dropping all the way down to 25 Man. after their loss to Duke. Duke now being ranked 21st. Everybody's making – I mean, Duke's got a, a tough schedule ahead. Don't get me wrong whatsoever, but I was getting flamed that I believe Duke would beat Clemson and also maybe Duke would reach that ACC championship. But, uh, yeah, Duke put on a, a show. and Clemson making a ton of errors and a lot of mistakes, too. Uh, you know, you could tell that they were in week one. But I'm not – I was not too impressed with Klubnik, uh, the quarterback there for the Tigers. I mean – I just – why do you bring in an offensive coordinator like Garrett Riley and then still keep running the same system you've been running for the last three, four years? That's what made no sense to me. Um, the Clemson offense just looked horrible, especially down the stretch. They just they didn't know what to do with the football was the biggest thing. I also just thought they got extremely unlucky in that game. I mean, they had a weird fumble, a blocked field goal, a shanked field goal that was attempted from like inside the 10. Then you <laughs> but you throw it past your best player bounces off his hands and gets picked off. I mean, when has that ever happened in Will Shipley's entire life? That, that was that probably missed, the first time. That missed field goal is so funny. It came on the heels of them going, oh, he can kick from 70. And then he missed from like 22. It was unbelievable <laughs> timing. <laughs> but was like, so if, weird. If, if you go all of Clemson's drive after they scored that touchdown in the second quarter, it went punt, end of half, missed field goal, fumble, fumble, turnover on downs, interception, turnover on downs. Like just a complete Clemsoning that we haven't been able to talk about in quite a while. Three losses in the last four games, correct, for the Tigers? Yep. Hmm. And I'll be honest, I was rooting for Clemson, guys, because, I mean, now we got to think, what does this do to Florida State's strength of schedule moving forward? And, if, I mean, if, that's something that can be held against them in a potential playoff resume. And now I think, you know, before we were talking about maybe Florida State can lose one game and still make the playoff, now I feel like you have to run the table. It's, it's- – Either way, it comes out of Florida State being able to handle their own business and handling their own expectations. As long as they do what they think they can do, they won't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Week by week, take care of business, and you'll put yourself where you need to be. And, you know, the main focus right now is taking care of your ACC opponents moving forward. Once we get out of this Southern Miss game this upcoming weekend, Florida State is going to have to go against their conference. Best two teams are going to make it to Charlotte. So, you know, Florida State's got to be have, have that focus and, and get there first before anything else. But uh, just going off of the ACC slate this last weekend, seems like Florida State's put themselves in a pretty good spot. And now that homecoming game, <clears throat> against Duke 
it's going to be a fun one on October 21st. It seems like Duke is Duke brought a lot of physicality, and I'm not they, used to seeing they, Duke. They've got a good, they're well a good, coached and disciplined as well. They got a good defensive line. They were creating some mm-hmm. pressure with their front four, and Clemson's offensive line wasn't really doing a good job with it. And that's an offensive line that's got a lot of talent. I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been high on Duke for a minute. Not as high as me. But we're there. We're both high. Are we? Uh, we are. both predicted 31-20, though. And our margin wasn't and that close. And we still weren't even close. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> Craziness. Craziness, craziness. You know, Brian Kelly's hilarious. I just that that man is so much. He's just hilarious to listen to post game. Definitely when he loses, it just starts to become. His brain wants to blame everybody else and everything, and then not take it. And yeah, he he did start out saying I didn't coach these guys well enough, but then to go and say we're not the team we thought we were was like, I mean, you could have said something else. <laughs> he's he's hilarious. He's not one of the most liked coaches uh, and football anyways but i'm so glad he's not i'm so glad he's not a head coach of the university i went to Mm -hmm. and they just announced too they're going to be kicking off against usc next year yeah in vegas yeah man lsu is just having a rough like you know but but usc won't have caleb williams next year Whoa, so. whoa, whoa. Caleb Williams said he's going to evaluate, and he said that he's going to maybe stay, <laughs> stick around if he doesn't like the team that picks him number all over overall it's, pick. It's be realistic. <laughs> yeah. I hate hearing that crap. It's so dramatic. Get a grip. Um, all right. Let's uh, – we, we talked to ACC. We talked rankings. Uh, let's jump into some practice observations before we get going with this upcoming weekend's game where it's going to be a late night kickoff for the Seminoles at 8.30. But uh, practice observations, D. Lou, I know a lot of people were talking about in here, um, you know, health-wise, how are things looking uh, with some of the players and such. But, you know, how has the energy looked right now after that game to you? Do these guys look like they're kind of whooped or do they seem like they're, you know, dialed in and and things are, you know, the regular how you saw in fall camp? That was something I really wanted to see coming into the week, to see how Florida State was going to come out and attack these uh, last two days of practice following an emotional and, I mean, frankly, a physical win against LSU. And, I mean, they just went right back to work. Um, You know, Mike Norvell said that Tuesday was their first time getting back on the field since the LSU game. And, I mean, they came out there in full pads and, you had guys getting after it. And I mean, they returned to it today, Wednesday morning, same thing, full pads and um, a lot of popping with only a couple of days to go until they take on Southern Miss on Saturday night. And as far as guys that have flashed to me this week, you know, on Tuesday, Tuesday morning, it was actually Fabian Lovett having a couple of dominant efforts and this thing, uh, basically a drill where there's three offensive linemen and they're matched up against two defensive linemen. And you've got guys fighting for space there at the line of scrimmage. Fabian Lovett had a couple of excellent reps. And then, I mean, today he came back in team drills and was able to get a sack on A.J. Duffy when he was rolling out of the pocket, came back on the next play and combined for a tackle for loss uh, with another defender. So some positive signs out of Fabian. And then also Kevin Knowles. I mean, he was spectacular on Wednesday, had two interceptions throughout practice, had a – there was a pass on the sideline to Johnny Wilson where it's like, all right, Johnny's going to catch that and turn up field. And he went to complete the catch. And as he's pulling it in, Kevin Knowles arrives, delivers a hit, and, I mean, popped it out. The ball went out of bounds. But if it didn't, I mean, that might have been a live fumble. So, I mean, could have forced three turnovers on the day. A really nice day for Kevin Knowles. And then on the offensive side of the ball, you're seeing Keon Coleman. um, Looks really comfortable out there today. Mossed one of the veterans. I mean, it looked like a flashback of Sunday night, Jordan Travis is continuing to stay dialed in. So you're, at, at least in my opinion, you're seeing what you want to see coming off a win against a top five, a top five opponent, and then matched up against what uh, looks like on paper is a team that's very overmatched. Mm-hmm. I think Fabo too, if he's able to get really clicking, clicking, and he can get back to being that starting defensive tackle caliber, then, you know, I, I'm, that's something that I'm keeping an eye on, too, going into this game primarily, just seeing how well he can get some more snaps in, too, um, and just seeing that he's able to take on those two O-linemen in that drill is always impressive to me. He's always been that kind of caliber of a player to bring some really 
like a thrust on the inside there. And so we'll see if he can bring that on this upcoming Saturday where Florida State is going to hope to be able to bring in a lot of their younger depth too later on in this game. Uh, you know, you would hope to see some of these second stringers and third stringers, some of these true freshmen that have been flashing since arriving in Tallahassee, see them get into the game. That's another thing that I'd like to see uh, out, out of Florida State. They're going to have to take care of business, though, and, and make sure that they've got to they've put this game away no matter what. But, you know, I, I'd like to see some of these guys get in, get get their reps and, and get out type of deal. But just to see Fabo get to that full 100% is something I'll be monitoring to, to start this this 2023 season. Um, anything else from, from practice? Any quotes-wise that maybe stood out? I know some of the reporters were asking Tatum Mathune about the hit that he put on Jaden Daniels. Um, saying it's Tommy just, had that one. I don't know. The, just how that he, – he was just talking about that's kind of just, you know, put yourself in that position, you're going to get hit like that. Um but yeah, this team, this team should be good. Do you want to just get the game preview now? There's not much of practice observations that we need to really dial into. It seems like I would just say the only other things is, you know, you're seeing some more signs from Blake Nicholson. He's continuing to pop up consistently during uh, practice. You know, sitting there with that or de- designation at one of the linebacker spots alongside um, Omar Graham and. He got in briefly on Sunday night. It's not going to surprise me if, if he continues to, to earn some snaps um, on that defensive side of the ball. I mean, he brings some real athleticism to the position that not a lot of guys on Florida State's roster have. And then on the flip side, Hiking Williams, I mean, we're just continuing. You know, we talked about the blocking, but then you're continuing to just see those strides of receiver just becoming more polished as a route runner, you know, being in the right spots, having his head around for the ball, some some very impressive strides from uh, two of Florida State's most highly rated recruits in that 2023 class. Uh, s- saying Blake Nick- Nixon got in briefly might be stretching it. He had one snap, but, you know, twice, at, least he, at, least, at least he got in. <laughs> hey, it's briefly. Slimming. Very slim, very slim. Um, but yeah, I, that's that's what I'm looking forward to in this game. Maybe seeing some of these youngsters. But let's jump into this game preview. Won't have to spend too much time on it, maybe. But uh, yeah, Florida State's going to be taking on Southern Miss and their home opener to begin the 2023 season. Florida State's going to be kicking off at 8:30 on the ACC Network. Southern Miss is coming into this game at one and zero after beating Alcorn State by a pretty hefty amount. Uh, which was uh, pretty was pretty 40, dominating. Forty two to fourteen, I believe. Yeah. It was forty to fourteen. Forty. Forty to fourteen. Forty. Say, you gotta like why you gotta like pause. Fourteen. Yeah. Great. Great. I'm sure everybody needs to know that. But <laughs> uh yeah. Uh Billy Wiles, love that name. Billy Wiles is the quarterback for Southern Miss this last weekend. 21 to 28, 267 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Uh Kasson is one of their wide receivers that you want to keep an eye out for whenever a hundred yards, five receptions, and a touchdown. Uh, they put up 441 yards in their first game. Uh, you know, you know, Florida State. Coming into this, we already talked about it. Could come up high and live onto that, you know, hype that they had on Sunday night. Yada yada yada. But uh, they're they're gonna have to come and make sure they play prepared. And you know, Southern Miss has by far been looking at this game all off season, preparing for it nonetheless. But it's tough to do, like I was saying, for Brian Kelly to kind of guess on what Florida State's gonna do with some of these transfers and how they're gonna maneuver them around on the field, at least offensively, and a few guys defensively. But uh, yeah, we, we've got a game on, on Saturday in Doak. It's going to feel good to be back in Tallahassee. A little late nighter, not, nothing better, but looking forward to be backing up, back up there in, in Tallahassee to watch the Seminoles play uh, some football. It's going to be uh, an interesting little matchup, you know, because these sides, they do have some familiarity with one another. Uh, Mike Norvell and Will Hall coached together at Memphis for, for one season back in 2018. Norvell was obviously the head coach of Memphis at the time, and Hall was uh, the coach coach tight ends on staff that season. They ended up making a run to the conference championship, finished eight and six, I believe. But, you know, so they know each other pretty well um, going into this matchup. We even heard Will Hall say, I believe it was on Tuesday, 
uh, talking about Florida State, he said that this might be the best team that he's ever coached against uh, during his career as a head coach and went on to explicitly state that they played against Alabama in 2021 and that team obviously went on to win the national championship and that he thinks Florida State might be a little bit better than the Crimson Tide were that year. So I don't know if he's just blowing, you know, some smoke up Florida State's ass to keep them comfortable going into Saturday night. You know, we saw what Brian Kelly did really riled the guys up and that didn't work out during the second half for LSU. So I don't know if he's just trying to stay low key, but I mean, either way, some nice remarks from Will Hall, but I mean, Mike Norvell even said the same thing. You know, they both kind of know, they both kind of have an idea probably of what they think the other one's going to run, but I mean, there are going to be some shifts in philosophy, obviously on both sides. Yeah. I love the coach speak mind games from Southern Miss's coach. You went from Brian Kelly, who's like, Oh yeah, we're going to go smack their ass. They got this coach going, oh, man, they're really great. I don't, I don't know if we're going to stand a chance like Bama. I love it. I love might be, it. Might be a smart move on their part. Yeah. And and obviously, Norvell is going to – I really think he's going to get these guys focused. Um, but, you know, like we were saying earlier, Southern Miss has a little bit of talent. Frank Gore Jr. didn't play a ton last week, but we, we've talked a few times in the offseason, somewhat jokingly, somewhat seriously, that he was crazy in their bowl game. Um they have two running backs between him and Clark, who Clark played a bunch last week. And then you, you mentioned him, Jacarius Gaston looks – he's a fun little player. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Southern Miss, just to note, they actually lost Alabama in 2021, 63-14. <laughs> so if he thinks Florida State's better, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens on Saturday night. Yeah. Nah, it's yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. So, Southern Miss has a solid defense. Um, they They – even last year, granted it's Miami, but the Miami game I think was thirty to seven last year, and then they beat Tulane twenty seven twenty four. So, you know, could could get a little interesting. They've got a really good safety, um, but I don't think any one of us is expecting anything too crazy. I think the key really is for Florida State's defense to start a lot faster this week. Go ahead and get Southern Miss out of a rhythm, and you know, allow the offense to do what they do, which we saw consistently against LSU on Sunday night. And I think the Seminoles have a chance here to, to have a pretty successful game on defense. You know, Logan noted quarterback, Billy, uh, Billy Wiles earlier. This is actually last week was his first career start. So, I mean, now his second career appearance at Southern Miss, he's going to be going into a rocking Doak Campbell stadium to uh, take on a top five opponent. It's going to be a pretty hefty task. He did start his career at Clemson, which I think should be noted. So he does have some talent. Hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at, too, if, if they're going to be rushing quite a bit. I liked how Florida State was able to stop the runs by, primarily in the second half for, for Florida State on defense against LSU and just evaluating that into Lundy, making that improvement there. And you already know what you're getting out of Kalen Deloach and Tatum Bethune, who had a big game. And then, you know, if we're able to see some Omar Graham Jr. as well, who's got some really great instincts and, and, and intelligence watches film nicely, you know, I think Florida State will be just fine there and some run game defense, and we should see a little bit of some some a sighting of Blake Nicholson, uh, who, you know, we've heard some really good things about making some strides as well in the latter half of fall camp, and I think there's going to be some good opportunities for some of these linebackers to, to get in there and, and get some reps, So, which Florida State would really heavily like if you're going to make a long postseason push. That'll be huge. Yeah, be I don't huge. have anything else. Like, get, get in, get out. Get in and get out. Get in and get out. I think uh, it, I think Florida State. I mean, they're definitely going to need to limit big plays on Saturday night. You know, we saw LSU. They weren't really able to consistently put drives together. It was really a chunk play or two that allowed them to get downfield. And then, I mean, we'd see them sputter out in the red zone or on a fourth down attempt. So as long as Florida State can prevent Southern Miss from hitting those 20-plus yard plays, which, I mean, against Alcorn State, they only had three plays of 30-plus yards, then you've got to feel really comfortable about FSU's chances, you know, not letting a team go on a long drive. Even what? despite the lack of big plays, though, their top two receivers in Kasson and Latrell Jones, I think they both averaged over 20 yards per reception. So mm -hmm. they're capable of making those big plays. And, and that's what they're going to try to do and capitalize on is going deep and then try to go get those one-on-one -on -one shots shots that they're able to um, accurately get down the down the field but you know we got to rely a lot on control cypress which there was a few times too 
during the LSU game, there was one point where, you know, LSU was going for some points and whew, it, got, it was a little nerve wracking there where, you know, Finn Trell didn't turn his head around. And that's something that looking back at film there, you know, Coach Sertan is certainly going to, you know, sit down with him and, and make sure that's that's done because they want to get the ball taken away. And that's been a huge emphasis this whole entire offseason. But if you're going to see Southern Miss take these shots, there's going to be some one-on-one opportunities that you're going to have to take ball. So, um, you know, I really like what we saw from Renato Green last week. He's going to have uh, – seems like he's going to have a big season if he continues to play that way. But, you know, I'm keeping a close eye on Fentrell Cypress and some of these other guys are going to get some opportunities like Azrae Thomas, which, you know, LSU was going heavily at him quite a bit. And there were some times where LSU were just making some drops and, and Azrae wasn't in, in coverage at the right and hit by hip and was out of it. But uh, we'll see what, uh, let's see if, you know, Southern Miss looked at some film on that and they decided to do the same thing going against 20. In these passing situations, you've also got to remember they bring Florida State's defensive line into play and, Southern Miss, they are coming into this with a somewhat experienced offensive line. I think all five guys that they have this year started at least five games mm-hmm. uh, last year for them. So, I mean, there is some experience and some uh, continuity there. But at the same time, I mean, they allowed four sacks against Alcorn State. Now, only two of those were with the starting offensive line, I believe, because the backup got sacked twice. But, I mean, we just saw what Florida State did against LSU with that defensive front. Um, you've got to imagine that they feel even more confident entering this matchup um, against Southern Miss. Yeah, it's not like Brett Favre's back there anymore. It's not 1989. Um, <laughs> they they should it? be able to. No, thankfully, because uh, I think Florida State lost that game in 1989 to Southern Miss. They did. <laughs> um, so you know, I, I really think this defensive front's going to get after it. If I'd be surprised if they end up with less than five sacks, honestly. And then should be expected for sure. After what we saw, should be mandatory almost. But yeah, the lines at thirty and a half, and Florida State's favorite over under is at fifty three. I think that's a little off. That's low. Yeah, that's I was going to say. So make sure you slam the over, please, everybody, because my score is for at least Florida State's going to be the over. <laughs> all by itself. So if you want to make some money, put some money in your pocket, or at least add it to one of your parlays. Uh, go right ahead. We need we need sports betting. Where, where, what are we doing here, Florida? I thought maybe tomorrow we'd have Hard Rock launching back up, but come on, man. And once we get Hard Rock up, we need a sponsorship because we can spend – I can spend 10 minutes helping build a little parlay right here, sit right here, put together Johnny Wills, Jaheim Bell, over under yards here, you know, all different kinds of things. Come on now. Let's get it. Let's get it. We have a whole segment dedicated for it. We're just waiting down here in Florida. It amazes me that we're so behind in the state. Um. Is that everything? I'm ready to give a score prediction. I'm ready to give a score prediction. It's been a it's been a crazy week. We deserve a little bit of a shorter pod as we go into the rest of the season. These are going to be longer, but uh, we might as well utilize this short period of time while we can. Well, um, what what do you what do you you got another Southern Miss fun? Fact I do I do want to note just real quick on the defensive side of the ball for Southern Miss. Um, they were a really effective against Alcorn State as far as limiting them through the air. Gave up zero yards, zero passing yards in the first half, only 44 for the game. Obviously, we're expecting that to change a little bit with now Jordan Travis throwing to Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman and, you know, 10 or 15 other guys out there. But, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see because they're clearly in a rhythm coming off last week. They do have veteran safety Jay Stanley in that defensive backfield. He actually had two interceptions in the first quarter against Alcorn State, and it's coming off a season where he was able to pick off five passes. So he's going to be a guy around the football a lot, going to be up to Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson to do what they do and win those matchups. I, th- I honestly think Florida State's going to really try to reestablish the run game in this one. They want to they want to get the gears turning after what was a disappointing performance in the run game against LSU. I think they're going to – they might carry – carry the ball 40 plus times in this game. I wouldn't be surprised. And and I also think that this is going to be a very big game for Jared verse. You know, he did make an impact. It wasn't really on the stat sheet as much on Sunday night. He was still really effective against the Tigers. I mean, they took away his, his strip sack, obviously, which I still think was a fumble. I mean, it was, it was extremely close. But... His, his arm was going forward just barely. Mm, By the was... time he got there. 
It was very close, but finished with two tackles and a pass breakup against LSU. I think he's going to pin his ears back this weekend and go for it all against Southern Miss. Multiple sacks. Can I go to jail for giving betting advice and not making sure I give a notice afterwards? Nah, they only go after crypto people now. You're good. (laughs) Okay, sweet deal. We're Gucci. I promise I don't bet overseas. I promise. Uh, I do. There we go. There we go. All right, gentlemen, let's get to it. I went first last week and gave my score prediction. Who wants to go between Florida State, Southern Miss, 830, the best network there is, the ACC network, the same commercial over and over and over again. I feel bad for the people that won't be in dope praying for you guys like VZ. Prayers up as you have to deal with the ACC network. But Yeah, well, hopefully the TV timeouts aren't as long as they were on Sunday because – the TV timeouts were insane Sunday night. I was beating my head against the rail in front of me. Does that have to do with the uh, the new rule change? Um, I saw people on Twitter complaining about it I, because they 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 what is it? They cut off the time of the game, but they give more time for commercials now. It, yeah, it, all the TV timeouts were I think either three and a half minutes or four minutes, and you know in that second quarter I think there was three or four of them. One of the most irritating things to me, no matter what NFL football is, boom, kickoff. Come you on. already had a commercial. <laughs> then you do kickoff, and then and here again comes another commercial before the offense takes the field. It is so extremely irritating. I want to bash I mean, the hammer. Something, something similar happened in the, in the LSU game. I want to say someone called a timeout. I forget who it was. It was there was back to back TV yeah, timeouts. Commercial. And then I think it was yep. a punt right after and then another yeah, commercial. Like, I'm like, what are we doing? TV <laughs> timeout, one play, TV timeout. And I, I think will... that's I think that's kind of why Florida State's offense was out of rhythm in that first half is because there's so many breaks. And there's a few times where Jordan Travis, Tate Rodemaker, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, and Jaheim Bell were just standing to the side, just throwing passes back and forth, trying to trying to stay warmed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I will say I'm appreciative sometimes of those timeouts, definitely from this game because we're putting out all these highlight quick hitters to nullgameday.com and then trying to get those pieces out. So I enjoy like a, just a nice little two-minute, but I felt bad for everybody watching on TV. It was ridiculous how many timeouts for TVs were being called. But you know what? When you're on national television, you're only game on ESPN and ABC. You're going to take full advantage of that opportunity and run their ads. So, Especially when it's the most of your game of the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. What's what's going on with Miami real quick? They got like a BOGO going on, like Publix Pub Sub. What are we doing here? We got uh, BOGO. You go, you buy Texas A&M tickets, which is going to last a, a quarter, and then you get free tickets to whoever in the F they're playing next. Some funny stuff right there. I've never seen anything like that. And yeah, I've, ne- I've never school, seen maybe high I've school never football. seen a Power 5 school do buy one, get one. It's pretty funny. It's just... I don't even think that we can joke about it. Yeah. And it's I not feel, even like it's it's not even like it's bogo for, for them. <laughs> it's not even like it's bogo for bad teams. You buy a ticket for Texas A and M, you get a ticket for Georgia Tech. Like <laughs> those are those are games that you should be going to anyways. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's hilarious to me. But all right, score predictions. What are we thinking here, gentlemen? Go ahead and give them out. Vz, you want to go? Yeah, I'll lead us off. Um, I think it's going to be kind of like. Well, what I was saying last week, where I think Florida State's playmakers are going to just be end up being too much for you know a defense that is pretty solid, and I think Florida State's really going to sell it to stop the run on the other end, you know, really stop Frank Gore Jr., stop Clark, um, and force the receivers to make plays on islands. Which they were if they were okay doing that last week against LSU. Which if you go back and watch those goal line situations, they were perfectly fine letting Renardo Green and Ventral Cypress work, and stack the box with eight or nine. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep doing that in this game. I've got Florida State winning 49 to 13. Mm. 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 Pretty uh, pretty significant win there. Yeah, I, w- I honestly would have had Florida State with more points, but I think by midway through the third quarter, the starter's coming on and you're getting some backups in there. Kind of agree with you. I think the plan for Florida State this weekend, you know, Hopefully, as, if everything plays out how you're expecting, you play your starters that first half and then maybe give them a drive or two into the third quarter, make sure the game is standing pat, and then you start working in the uh, reserves. You know, Logan was talking about getting true freshmen playing time. I think we'll see a lot of true freshmen on the field this weekend. I would imagine, you know, 12-plus uh, getting some 
hopefully legitimate action out there on either offense or defense. But, you know, I've really liked how Florida State has come out for this week of practice. I think you're starting to see that mature mindset of just having so many veterans and guys that have been at Florida State for a long time or have played a lot, uh, played a lot of college football, um, you know, at the FBS level. You're seeing a really experienced team. And, yeah, like I said, just the way that they performed the last couple of days, it makes me feel confident even though this is a short week. At the same time, I do think – you know, Florida State, they're not going to really push to run up the score on Southern Miss this weekend with the relationship between Mike Norvell and and Will Hall. So I'm going to go Florida State 51, uh, Southern Miss 13. Mm-hmm. Okay. That feels good. Well over the over. Making sure we're taking care of business there. Logan's uh, about to say something absurd. Like oh, I feel six, it. Like 66 to 3. Mm, no, don't tempt me. Don't tempt me because they completely walloped what I predicted last week. And, you know, that's a whole different talent that's on the field. And Florida State's coming into this way more healthier. Florida State's got depth. They've got starters at – and they're too deep as, as well that will be hitting the field in the third and fourth quarter. I feel comfortable with seeing Tate Rodemaker out there. Rodney Hill is going to get a lot of reps. Your younger wider series like Heike Williams, Vondravius Jacobs, hopefully will get some PT. Um, you know, if Kentron Poitier is fully 100%, you know, going to see a lot of him. I, <clears throat> it's going to be dominance throughout it all. I think Florida State wins 56 to 13. I'm no longer playing around with some of these just- short margins. It's going to be a fat one. We're just dead set on Southern Miss scoring 13. Do what? We're just dead set on Southern Miss scoring 13. We all said it. Yeah, we are. We're riding riding together and holding hands a lot this season so far. Yeah. well, That might be what we have to do, though, gentlemen. Also, shout out to uh, Noel Gifts with the the collaborative podcast score sheet. Yeah. Yeah. Talk Uh, Talk about added pressure. Yeah, no, that's that's one of the reasons why I'm like, God, I gotta change, I gotta watch out for my margins now. God dang. Let me just focus on the win column first, but damn, I gotta watch out for point differential. Some of these margins, goodness gracious, help me please. Uh primetime Mac is saying Destin Hill is gonna score his first touchdown. I could feel that. I could certainly feel that. I'm would not be shocked if Magnervell lines something up for him as well, you know. Jordan Travis tried to go deep with them. You know, that was they had the chemistry, man. That that's one thing that I'd learned from that play alone. Even though Destin Hill didn't come down with it, he tried his hardest. But and it hit know. him in the hands. It was a great throw, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, J. Trav rolling out, trying to get out of the pocket, and then you know, pointing, pointing, go up, go up, go up, and you know, Destin, it was seamless. That that chemistry has been built, and he went up and you know tried his hardest, but still, yeah, we could see maybe some Destin Hill touchdown in Tallahassee. You couldn't imagine, man. Doke's going to go wild for that once that happens. <laughs> uh, any games we're watching this weekend? It's I'm looking at the slate right now. Nothing outside of number 11, Texas versus Alabama. Really stands out to me too much unless I'm not seeing... Texas, Texas A&M, Miami. Yeah, at first least quarter. Interesting. Yeah, uh, first quarter, interesting. Notre Dame, NC State, I think will be fun. And then, honestly, third, yeah. and then honestly, Ole Miss and Tulane could be a shootout. I could see it. That, a lot that of points. Fun. A lot of points. That The over-under would, might be 100. <laughs> yeah, it might be, honestly. Uh, oh, another one I need worth mentioning here. Yeah, Colorado, Nebraska. Nebraska's got to get a win here. They got to yeah, get I'm, a win. I don't, I'm not seeing it with Nebraska. I'm telling you, next week we got we to gotta pick like five to ten games and just all give a quick prediction. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm I'm. We also get we also get a rematch of last year's classic Appalachian State UNC. Oh yeah, that's true. Maybe, maybe they'll that, pull it off this time, but I don't think that so. that one's going to be a much must watch for me too. Yeah, I don't think this Miami game is going to be close whatsoever. Jimbo just knows what to do against Miami, and I think that will be done the early second quarter potentially. Um, I will say, though, at least from between Florida and Miami after week one, Miami looks better coach, definitely from last year, than what mm-hmm. Florida put on the table against Utah. Just noting that right now. But there's not played much. Miami of, of Ohio. Huh? They played Miami of Ohio. I don't care. Florida. Yeah, but there's, not. Th- there was talk from How Miami How do you determine Ohio? if they're well coached after that one? Uh, you can determine a lot of things from coaching. And no matter listen, who you're Miami playing. Ohio- Miami Ohio came in saying we're going to show them who the real Miami is. So you know, 
There, there was a point to be they made. They showed them. They, they showed them. <laughs> and we'll finish off here. Will Reed going 81-17 Florida State on Saturday night. But, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us this evening. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Make sure you hit the like button before you all leave on YouTube. Subscribe so you get notified every time we release a new episode on YouTube along with all of our podcast platforms on iTunes and the rest. We'll be up there on Saturday. Looking forward to be back in Tallahassee. If you see us out there, make sure you say what's up. Don't be shy. Uh, we'll have full coverage for you all across our socials, including nolgameday.com, and we'll have our instant reaction here on this channel probably at 12.30 o'clock in the morning. Because I was thinking, this is, I was thinking one. Yeah. that, buddy. This is a ridiculous <laughs> uh, time that's uh, on the East Coast. I'm like looking down here at our late-night games, Wisconsin-Washington State at 7.30. You've got Oregon State, UC Davis at 9 o'clock, Stanford, USC, 10.30, and then, oh, cool, Florida State, 8.30 o'clock. That makes total sense. So I mean, we went, we went live at, what, 12.20 last week for a 7.30 kick, so probably like 1, 115. Yeah, see if ACC wants to run in the same commercials as ABC and ESPN did. We'll see. But yeah, appreciate everybody hanging out with us. We will talk to you guys on Saturday, Sunday morning, actually. So, And also, go Steelers, baby. We are winning the AFC North and most likely going to the AFC Championship. There so, you go. I appreciate everybody fully dialed in to Kenny Pickett. We're taking it to the crib, baby. George Pickens, make sure you get your Offensive Player of the Year bets in. I'll take care of it for you. Peace out. Enjoy the weekend. Mama told me not to sell work. Mama 17, 5, same color.